I've had this Christmas song in my head for more than a week, and I can't get rid of it. The song is, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Doesn't matter whether it's Michael Buble or Perry Como's version, it just plays through my head. But I don't feel too bad about it, because last year was worse. It was Grandma got run over by a reindeer. You see, what happened was, a little over a year ago, I decided that too often I was becoming closer to the Grinch at Christmas with so many activities and decisions and opportunities, and I thought, I need to find a way to participate more fully in in the experience of Christmas. So I made a decision to tune in uh, uh, to the uh, uh, Christmas channel on the satellite radio. And I did that again this year. In fact, I tuned in even before Thanksgiving. So on a trip to Fort Worth and back and numerous trips to stores and hospitals and grocery stores, uh, the channel is played over and over and over. And not only did I tune in, I actually made a further decision to lean in. And so when uh, I work out, and I, I know you don't believe that, but I do, I work out, I had on my iPhone uh, an assortment of Christmas songs to listen to while I work out, and then to close it off with uh, almost an hour straight of Michael Buble's Christmas uh, album. And I realized that that's how I got into this predicament. And I tell you that not so that you'll be sympathetic for me, but I tell you that because I think that's how Christmas joy works. A lot of us think joy at Christmas is something that we can apprehend, something that we can manufacture. But my sense is that Christmas joy is something that comes in through our back door as we expose ourselves to it time and time and time again. Christmas joy is not a matter of picking out the right gift or receiving the right gift or hosting a perfect gathering or attending a perfect gathering. It reminds me of John Ortberg's famous parable, The Golden Arches, that I've shared with you before. There was a little girl who was five years old, and one night for dinner she decided that she needed a Happy Meal. So she told her mom, and her mom said, well, no, I've already put the dinner in the oven. Please, she said, no. She said, your dad and I have already set the table. We're having dinner here tonight. At which point the five-year-old played her trump card and she said, Mom, if you let me have a Happy Meal for dinner tonight, I will never, ever ask for anything else again. Well, that was too good to pass up. So Mom got her the Happy Meal. And do you know that when she was in junior high and before she had her braces on, some of the kids made fun of her, but she never complained. And when she was in high school, her boyfriend, whom she had dated for two years, broke up with her on the eve of the senior prom. And then years later, as an adult, she had helped put her spouse through professional school. And then when he got through the school, he left her with two young children. But she never complained nor asked for anything else because she said to herself, you know, when I was five years old, I got that happy meal. Now, Erdberg says, do you believe that story? Of course not. Because as grown-ups, we know that there's just not one thing that brings happiness for all time that we can manufacture. I believe, as I mentioned, that joy comes in through the back door. And I think that's what chapter 35 of Isaiah verse 10 is saying. In the scripture that we read just a moment ago, it says that as a part of this beautiful vision, people will obtain joy. But uh, that's from the Revised Standard Version. In the NIV and in the common, New Common English Bible, it uses words such as they will be overtaken by joy or overwhelmed by joy or they'll receive joy. And you begin to realize that joy is not something we produce. It is a byproduct 
of the way that we are living our life. So my suggestion this Christmas that so that we can experience more joy is that we do two things similar to what I've done, but hopefully with happier results. The first one is this, is I do encourage you to tune in, not so much to the Christmas station, but to the presence and the reality of God. And being here this morning is a wonderful, wonderful step in that direction. At Christmas, pray less rather than more. At Christmas, uh, read more scripture rather than less, even with everything going on. Do whatever you can to put yourself in the presence of God and in the, expose yourself to the vision that God has for you. Tune in. And then lean in. Lean in to the joy. When you have moments of joy, the children have shown up or they've done well or the grandchildren have appeared. It was a good day at work. It was a fun party. Whenever you find that moment of joy this Christmas season, lean into it. See, too often I think uh, we practice what Brene Brown calls foreboding joy, which is something good happens and we're afraid if we celebrate it, the other shoe will drop and we'll lose it. You know, we're afraid to get too excited about something that happens because maybe we'll jinx it in some way. And I know some of you have been so wonderful and uh, encouraging to me as a long-suffering Duke football fan that when we finally did something right, you wanted to talk to me about it, that you'll know in the last two weeks in the hall, it's like, no, don't tell me. It'll destroy it. But I have to tell you, it was nothing you said that destroyed our team. It was bigger, faster linemen from Florida State. We really really don't jinx ourselves. The other shoe is not going to drop. And if it is, let me tell you that there's something behind that shoe that is even better than, and more wonderful than we can imagine. That's what Isaiah 35 is about. It's when those best moments with your children, your grandchildren, or the office party, or whatever that great moment is, it's like, that's just a foretaste. What's coming is so much better than that. This is the way C.S. Lewis put it at the end of The Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe. He says of Peter and Susan, he said they realized that their life was just the first chapter of a great story that nobody has ever read and that goes on forever and that each chapter is better than the one before. The other shoe may or may not drop, but what's ahead is so much greater than you and I can imagine. Let's get that in our head and see what happens.